Welcome back to the We Know Fantasy Podcast. My name is Nate with We Know Fantasy, and today I am joined by Cody. Cody, how are we doing today? I'm doing all right. Uh, another week of football in the books. We're getting closer to the big game, right? So uh, pretty exciting. Yeah, it's, a, it's an exciting time of year, and you know, especially for myself, being a 49ers fan, we survived another week, and we'll see what happens here with a big one in Philadelphia coming up for us there. But before we get into things, talk about football here, let's talk about uh, We Know Fantasy. Make sure you guys follow us on all forms of social media at We Know Fantasy. Visit our website at We Know, or that's not how you find our website. Our website's www.weknowfantasy.com for, uh, you know, our plethora of fantasy sports content from football, of course, to NASCAR, to golf, to everything in between. Um, I have a golf series. Cody has NASCAR content on there. Uh, like I said, there's just a, a bit of everything for anyone uh, to be found on our website and through our, our series of contributors. Speaking of contributors, if you are someone passionate about not only fantasy sports, but say a sport in general, and you have this uh, you know extensive knowledge you want to share with the world, this is a great place to start with that to, to, to get your, you know, your thoughts into some writing, maybe some podcasts, things like that to, to really share what you're passionate about. And if that's uh, something that strikes you, strikes your fancy, how about you hit us up on social media, Twitter specifically at We Know Fantasy and myself or Cody will get back to you on that. Um, anything you want to add on that, Cody? Yeah, we like any kind of sports, you know, we, we love the niche sports, the, the tennis, the golf, the NASCAR, uh, anything like that. If you are interested and you have knowledge and you want to you want to put some content out, just uh, hit us up. Hit us up uh, on Twitter. Uh, send us a DM and, and either Nate or myself will get back with you. Yeah, I like I like that. Um, you know, like you said, we, we, we kind of I want to say uh, special. I don't even know what the word I'm trying to say here is. We don't uh, just just focus on, you know, fantasy football. We do cover, of course, football or baseball or basketball. But like you said, I'm into the fantasy golf. You're in the fantasy NASCAR. And, you know, it, it's just it's just a, a good way to, you know, not always have an outlet to share that knowledge of these of the niche sports that, that we can provide for you. So, again, hit us up on, on Twitter at We Know Fantasy and let's get some stuff rolling. All right, Cody. Now that that stuff's out of the way, how about we talk some football championship Sundays upon us? And that means we're going to have some big games. Leading off, we have the AFC championship game. Kansas City Chiefs, Cincinnati Bengals. The line right now is that the Chiefs are favored by a point. So essentially, if you're taking home field advantage into that, this is a, a pretty much uh, an even matchup. You know, there there really is no here, uh, according to Vegas. Um, even I'd say the Bengals. I know they're not getting the points, but the home field advantage, the AFC Championship game, the Bengals may come out favorite here. And of course, a lot of that has to do with the situation behind Patrick Mahomes, the injury he suffered, he left that game last week, came back, and they ended up, uh, you know, handling the Jaguars. But um, that's where we stand with that. Before we hop into things, Cody, last week we went over and picked our picks against the spread. I don't know about yourself, but I didn't do too hot. Yeah, I I don't think I was very great. Uh, I, I definitely got the Eagles, and I definitely got the Bengals. Uh, but I, but the Chiefs didn't cover, and uh, well, yeah, I picked Dallas. So, uh, so yeah, I was two for four on the picks last week. Heck, I think I was even one for four. I think I just got the 49ers game right. Although they didn't win by <laughs> 21, they they covered. I'm pretty sure, you know, I I, I think I was one for four. So, um, 
yeah, because the, the Chiefs just won by seven. Yeah, that, that last-minute field goal by the Jags, uh, that really screwed me up there. Yep, so let's hope for a, a two-for-two type of weekend here. Uh, but before we uh, – I guess we're into it already, so let's just roll forward here. Bengals-Chiefs, one point to the Chiefs. Where are we going with this, Cody? Yeah, I'm leaning the Bengals side here right now. And you mentioned it, Mahomes with the bad ankle. That that worries me a little bit. You know, it was announced as a high ankle sprain. That's usually at least like a four-week injury. And all of a sudden, you know, Andy Reid and the Chiefs are saying that he's going to be good to go. He's been practicing. And it, it just worries me a little bit that, you know, suffering such a major, typically a major injury like that, that's going to put you on the sideline for him to not even be taking a week off and being out there. Um, I, you know, he's not going to be a hundred percent. So when I look at this game and I see a Cincinnati team that has already beat Kansas city this year, 27 to 24 in Cincinnati. So, I mean, I know it's going to be tough to go on the road to Arrowhead, but the Bengals did it last year in the AFC championship game. They went to Arrowhead, they beat Mahomes and the chiefs to get to the super bowl. I think they can do it again. I think they can get back to the, to the super bowl. They're hot right now. Yeah, they're, they're, I was just going to mention that last week's game against the Bills, the Bills were not in that at, at, at all. There was not a single point in the game where you're like, hey, the Bills have a chance here. The Bengals hopped out to that early lead, that first that first drive there, Burrow right down the field. Uh, I just I just think this team is, is, is peak at the right time. Uh, Mahomes' injury has a lot to do with uh, being leading this way. Um and and this this Bengals team is just clicking. It's clicking. Joe Burrow is just playing some fantastic football, and I think it's going to be too much for the Bengals. Uh, I mean, excuse me, for the Chiefs. Uh, we we talked a little bit about you know a matchup there. So what we're going to do for each of these matchups, Cody, is we're gonna we're gonna go a positional battle, go down you know quarterback versus quarterback, running back versus running back, and lean and, and pick where we're leaning, uh, which group or which player is is best, and see what we come up with. Uh, running down these positions here before we hop into some DFS and some pep, uh, betting content. So we have Burrow versus Mahomes. Uh, we both kind of highlighted there. Uh, where are you leaning with this one? Yeah, I am leaning this week with Joe Burrow just because of that ankle injury again. These guys are pretty equal so as it is. I would give, if if they're both 100%, I would give a slight edge to Mahomes. But they're both elite quarterbacks in the league, and if Mahomes isn't 100%, I'm going to lean towards Joe Burrow here. Yeah, I have to go with you that that ankle injury really is the is the difference maker here. Uh, like you said, if they're both healthy, you have to go Mahomes just because of the the Mahomes-esque plays that he makes that you know no one else in the world of football can make. But again, that high ankle sprain is is really something, and that's going to hinder his game and and limit some of the stuff he can do, especially you know driving the ball down the field. Uh, with, with, you know, without, without being able to put full pressure or, or, you know, on that, on that foot, especially as the game progresses, getting hits, rolling on the pocket and just, just uh, continuous uh, wear and tear on that ankle. Um, before we move forward, Cody, I just wanted to highlight the fact that has there ever been an era of football where we've had so many good young quarterbacks, not only, you know, across the league, but in one division, like the AFC, there's just so many so many amazing young quarterbacks. Of course, we have two here. You know, they're still both under 27 years old, or Mahomes maybe 28. Uh, but, you know, you still have your Justin Herberts, um, Omar Jackson's even in there. I, I'm blanking, but there's just such a, t- a, a 
talented pool. So, uh, can you think of another era that may have may may equate to this? Yeah, it's it's tough to remember a time when there were so many elite quarterbacks. And you're you're right with them all being in the AFC. It seems, you know, you you got Trevor Lawrence. That's one that you yep. you didn't mention there. Uh, Trevor Lawrence and Mahomes and Herbert, Burrow. Um, you know, I mean, I would. Russell Wilson's in the AFC and he he was a good quarterback for a while and but you know there's there's just so many good quarterbacks in that league and then you look over in the NFC and it's like Jalen Hurts and as far as young talented quarterbacks go he's almost on an island over there um I mean I sure you're the 49ers fan you can throw Brock Purdy in there I guess if you want to <laughs> but uh but yeah I mean it's it's true there's there's not been you know, in recent memory for me anyway, a time when so many young stud quarterbacks, heck, throw throw Tua Tagovailoa in there too. I mean, he had a really solid season in between his concussions and stuff this year too. So lots of good quarterbacks in the AFC right now, and they're they're performing great. Yeah, it, it's 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 crazy. But anyways, enough about that. Let's get back to these games here. Running back, we have Joe Mixon versus. I guess you can throw a McKinnon and uh, Pacheco there together. I'm leaning Mixon. I'm not leaning. I'm going Mixon, of course. Yeah, Mixon, obviously the most talented guy here. Uh, McKinnon didn't score last week, but he had the six-touchdown streak going into last week. Uh, he can put up numbers sometimes, but, yeah, Joe Mixon for sure is the best player out of those three. And then when you go to wide receiver, I did these as corpse here. Uh, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Higgins versus Juju Smith-Schuster, Marcus Valdez-Scaling, and Kadarius Tony. I think that's a pretty that's straightforward. Yeah, game. yep, no doubt Bengals there. Another straightforward one, Hayden Hurst versus Travis Kelsey. Can't yeah, I'm, I mean, Hayden Hurst has been having a nice season for Cincinnati, a little bit of a, a rejuvenation after his time with the Falcons didn't go very well. But, yeah, uh, Kelsey is the best tight end in the league. Here's uh, some stuff we could argue a bit. O-line versus O-line. You have a, a preference here? Definitely. Uh, I mean, I don't know that either of these teams have a great O-line. The Chiefs is probably better. Uh, the Bengals have just struggled to run the ball this season and have had to rely on the passing game quite a bit. So the the offensive line, as far as run game goes for Cincinnati, has been a little bit of a weakness for them. So I would lean with Kansas City on the offense. And then defensively, it's probably pretty close. I would maybe lean Cincinnati. I know the Kansas City pass defense has been taken advantage of a few times this season. But, um, I mean, overall, I'd say it's pretty close there. But I'm I'm going Kansas City O-line and Cincinnati defense. Yeah, I'm going to go Chiefs O-line. And I'm actually going to go against you with the Chiefs defense. They're pretty similar if you're looking at, at a statistical stand base or standpoint. Um, the Bengals have allowed the 24th most passing yards per game. And the, and the Chiefs, they have the best defensive player on the field when it comes to Chris Jones. So I just have to lean that way for that. And you mentioned that their pass rush is definitely more superior than than um, the Bengals. I mean, Bengals still have a, a decent pass rush, you know, led by Hubbard there. So it, it, it's pretty close. It's pretty close. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk DFS, guys, here. Um, it's so hard at this point when there's only two games to really, you know, have a sense of separation. 
so because everyone's going to spend up on the same guys because you you pretty much have to. Then you got to find that value player deep down that's going to be the difference maker for you. Someone that's not you know supposed to score a touchdown, going to score a touchdown, or someone that gets you know a, a dozen targets or out of the blue or something. So let's uh, let's talk about that. What do you got here for your first pick on the DFS uh, standpoint for this game? Yeah, so like you said, it's tough to really find those guys that are going to be deep. Uh, those deep, you know, low value touchdown type guys. Uh, so, I mean, I picked a couple of high priced guys uh, throughout here, but I'm going to start with Joe Mixon. He's 6,500 on DraftKings. He's the second highest running back behind Christian McCaffrey, who's dealing a little bit with, I believe it's a calf injury that he got uh, last week. So keeping an eye on that. But Joe Mixon was not healthy earlier this season when they played uh, Kansas City in the regular season, and in his place, Samaje Pirine took 21 carries for 106 yards in that game. Like I said, the Bengals' offensive line has struggled to produce solid running, you know, games for Joe Mixon this season. So it could be a little risky going with Joe Mixon here, but if Pirine was able to run the ball for you know, 21 times for 106 yards. And then you look at the Kansas City run defense last week. They allowed the Jaguars to run the ball 19 times for 144 yards. That's seven and a half yards per carry that the Jags were able to average against the Kansas City defense last week. So if everything goes the, the way that it could go for Mixon, I could see him putting up a big game and, and helping you out a lot in DFS. Yeah, that's something to to watch there. Like you said, uh, although the Bengals have not been too efficient in the in the rushing uh, game there, especially the offensive line, Mixon only averaged three point nine yards per carry this season. Um, they still found a way to do it against the Chiefs with P. Ryan, obviously a, a lesser talent than a Joe Mixon. And last week they proved that they can be ran against. Maybe the key here, when if you're not going to get caught in a shootout with a with a dinged up uh, Patrick Mahomes, maybe running the ball will be key, control the clock, things like that. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like that play a lot. My guy on the Bengals side of the ball, I'm going I'm going Hayden Hurst at 3,000. Um, across the playoffs, he's seen six targets in both games. He's caught nine of those balls. Uh, last week, he scored the opening touchdown in that you know impressive opening drive by the Bengals uh, against the Bills. Of the starting tight ends, he's the cheapest of the four. Uh, I, we know we have the, the Kittles and the Kelseys and – uh, even the Goddard, so uh, rightfully so. But along with that, Chiefs have allowed the 15th most uh, fantasy points to opposing tight ends, uh, which I believe is the most among playoff teams. So at 3,000, you're really spending down. But you know, of course, there's a there's a difference there between a Kelsey or a Kittle. But you know, I don't think it's that far away from a Goddard. Yeah, I agree with that. I was actually going to go with Hayden Hurst, but I didn't at the last second. So I was going to bring him up if if you didn't, uh, that he was a very solid value this week, um, sitting at, you know, like you said, $3,000. He's the lowest of the four tight ends, and he's been a role player for Cincinnati this year when healthy. So he's he's gotten quite a few targets, and he had a pretty decent game last week. So I definitely like Hayden Hurst here. Um, so do, do you have one for the, uh, for the chiefs as well, or you just have multiple from this game or 
I do. I do have one for Kansas City, and mine is uh, the running back on the other side, Isaiah Pacheco, at $5,300. He's $100 cheaper than Jarek McKinnon, and he carried the ball uh, 12 times for 95 yards last week. He actually led Kansas City in running back touches. Um, You look at the last time these two teams got together – Pacheco, 14 carries, 66 yards, and a touchdown. So he did get a touchdown to kind of save uh, some some DFS value for you there, despite only getting 66 yards on the ground. But I think if he can find the end zone again, he is a, a decent value for uh, for DFS lineups. Yeah, uh, like I said, he was one of my plays last week, and it was uh, it was more so he's he's more the running back. Uh, you know, no pun intended there, for the Chiefs as McKinnon's more the, the passing down back there. So in a game where, you know, I don't know if I don't know if this really hits the over. And I alluded to that uh, later on in this in this uh, episode. But, yeah, I think running game is going to be important for both teams this week. And, you know, Pacheco is that guy there for the Chiefs. My Chiefs guy is actually Kadarius Tony. 3,700. I'm just trying to find those guys, those touchdown or bust type of guys that really can set your lineup apart and, again, get you uh, those less roster guys that can set you apart to, to get you into the money. And um, you, you got to hit one of these guys. There's no way around it. You know, you have you have to play these because there's just not that many players to choose from. Uh, he saw seven targets last week, caught five of them. We'll see how it goes this week. If it does get into a shootout, there, you know, you have the, you have a Juju. There just isn't, you know, a top guy besides Travis Kelsey that Mahomes would go to. And the other side, you have Jamar Chase, who's going to get his, going to get his targets, his looks, even a T Higgins on that side of the football. But this side, you have the Juju, then the uh, Valdez Scantling, and then it's Tony. So I think if, if the things go the way they go, Tony could see himself get a, you know, another, another series of seven plus targets and really shoot for that touchdown. And uh, along the way, hopefully he can break one for a, for a long, for a long run to add some yards as well. Yeah. Tony is super volatile, but when he hits, he can, he he has the game breaking ability to hit big. So I like throwing him in the lineup and just hoping that Mahomes looks his way and maybe in a situation with Mahomes having the ankle problem, maybe he's going to be looking for those short throws that is that Kadarius Tony can definitely take advantage of get him in space on a quick hitter and see if he can house one. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's kind of my thought behind it as well. It's just a, just a matter of if it hits or not. And that's, that's what DFS is all about. Um, talking about hitting prop bets here. I, I went a different route this week. I kind of put together a, a small parlay, three leg parlay of some prop bets. I liked. I don't have anything in specific, uh, what do you got going on this week for in terms of prop bets, Cody? Yeah, so I did the same thing as kind of with the DFS. I picked one prop bet for each team. And for Kansas City, I'm going to stick with my DFS guy, Isaiah Pacheco. He His current line for rushing yards is 47.5. I'm going to take the over here. He's only gone under that number one time since week nine. I think with the Mahomes injury, there's a potential for a little heavier usage of the run game for Pacheco. 
So I could see him getting a couple extra carries compared to what he would normally get just to give Mahomes a little bit of a break on that ankle. This particular bet is sitting at minus 135 right now. So you got to put a little bit more on to win a little more. It's not the, you know, ideal. I'm, I'm kind of hoping actually maybe this line moves up a little bit, you know, give me one or two extra yards and then bring the odds down a little bit. I'd be willing to play this up to 49 and a half for sure. And, and maybe a little more than that. I think Pacheco, like we said, 95 yards last week, 66 yards last time against Kansas city. I think it's a solid play to go with Pacheco over 47 and a half. I could see him hitting that. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, so my series here, I'm going to go, I'm going kind of the same route. Of course you have to, you have to go for this Mahomes injury. But I'm going with Burrow under 276.5. It just seems like, you know, just shy of 300 will be a bit much unless this game gets caught in a shootout. And as we both talked about, the running game may be heavily involved. So I think he goes under there. I'm going under on the points as well. The first time they played this this year, um, I, they, they topped that, right? I think 27-24, I think, was the final. Yeah, so that's what, 51? So, yeah, yeah, they went over that, but I'm going under the 47 and a half. And then uh, I'm taking Hayden Hurst to score a touchdown anytime. Uh, again, going off Hurst, I talked about him DFS, and I'm just I'm just going with that this game doesn't turn in the shootout. And, and obviously the line's at 47 and a half, so it's not like Vegas is thinking it's going to be a shootout either because that's, you know, to be fair, when you're thinking of Bengals versus Chiefs, you're thinking of a, a potential, you know, an over-under of, of around 54, so I'd say. Yeah, I think this game is going to be a little slower, a little more defensive maybe than the first meeting. So uh, I definitely like the under bet there, and I think you, you're looking pretty good. I, I like the possibility of all those hitting. Yeah, and that's at plus 2,116. So uh, just a little bit of money will go a long way with that. That's true. What's your final prop bet for this game then, Cody? Yeah, so to make up for the minus money on the Pacheco bet, I went with a little bit of a flyer here on Jamar Chase, first touchdown scorer. It's at plus 750 right now for Jamar Chase to score the first touchdown of the game. The We talked about the Cincinnati offense, how good they've looked lately. We talked about Mahomes and his ankle injury. Maybe he'll be slowed down. I think Cincinnati scores first in this one, uh, and if they do, Jamar Chase seems like the guy most likely to do it. Yeah, you know, anytime anytime you're betting the Bengals, Jamar Chase is going to come up, and, you know, if it's anything like last week, it's going to come out quick. Last week was Hayden Hurst, but, you know, or no, it wasn't Hayden Hurst. It was Jamar Chase last week, wasn't it? Uh, I don't remember. I, yes, yes, it was, I believe, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know why I thought it was Hurst. Hurst did score, but it was Jamar Chase on that first one. And just, you know, maybe the Bengals come out and try to set a tone and, and just get the ball to their best player and, and just see what he can do and, you know, drive him down the field and, and make that statement. And I'm, I'm not going to argue that. That's right. All right, let's move on to the NFC side of the of the, of the of the weekend. 49ers versus the Eagles. The Eagles are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. They're the home team. Even at two-and-a-half, that's kind of an equal line. Uh, when it comes to taking the home field advantage in, into play here. Um, where are we going with this, Cody? You taking, you taking the 49ers or the, or the Eagles? 
Oh, man. You know, last week I went against the 49ers just because I didn't want to pick them. You know, I, I didn't have the highest amount of faith in Dallas last week. But uh, this week I'm still going to go against them, and I'm going to take the Eagles at minus two and a half. But I do believe in Philadelphia this week. You know, they they looked like they looked for real last week against the Giants. They did not give New York a chance at all in that game. Um you look, they look like the best team of the weekend. You know, you could put the Bengals in that category too, the way they dominated the Bills. But I know the San Francisco defense is going to put up a little more of a challenge than than New York did last week. But man, Philly just looked really good in all facets of the game. Uh, so with the home field advantage, making the Niners travel across to the East Coast, uh, I'm going to put my money on Philly minus two and a half. Yeah, I I hate that I I can't disagree with you that the Eagles looks they looked the part they looked everything that they're supposed to look uh, coming into this into this playoff after having the first round uh, by but again I, I just have to go 49ers as a as a diehard fan of the of the team and that's not a that's not a confident you know last week I was confident and and that worked out for me and this week I'm just picking them just because I'm a fan but the Eagles look like the real deal and. Not gonna, not gonna lie to you. I'm pretty nervous about this one, but yeah, I'm going Niners here. <laughs> All right, positional battle. Of course, we have Brock Purdy versus Jalen Hurts. I won't, I won't even say it. I'm going, <laughs> I'm going Jalen Hurts. It's gotta be Hurts. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Hurts, Hurts is definitely the the guy here. Purdy has looked so good lately, and I'm very interested to see what San Francisco decides to do with him in the long term. But as of right now, Jalen Hurts is the guy. I'll tell you right now, though, if Brock Purdy leads the 49ers to a Super Bowl, I will get him tattooed on my body somewhere. Chris <laughs> uh, McCaffrey versus the combination of Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, and Kenneth Gainwell. You know, Scott had that big week last week, but it, it's CMC even with a nagging a nagging injury. Yep, definitely another no-brainer. Christian McCaffrey is – I would go ahead and just say that he's the best running back in the league. So, um, you know, he it's it's hard to, to beat uh, Christian McCaffrey, especially when healthy. I know he's a little bit dinged up here, but um, he's he's definitely the best running back in the league. Yep. And then we have uh, Debo Samuels, Brandon Ayuk, and uh, Dewan Jennings versus A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Quez Watkins. Uh, you know – going all the it's got to be the eagles just because aj brown is the best receiver of this bunch debo is close and then Devonte smith and and Ayuk are pretty close and there's a drop off for both teams beyond that but you agree with me on that yeah it's definitely the eagles here aj brown and Devonta smith have been superstars this year uh debo hasn't quite had the presence he had last year um Ayuk is is still a pretty good wide receiver but uh, they're they're not close to AJ Brown and Devonta Smith to me. Yeah, and then George Kittle over Dallas Goddard, no discussion there. That's George Kittle. Yep. Especially with uh, Brock Purdy throwing the football, he just loves him. O line, here's a debate. Um, uh, it's the Eagles. I think they have the best O line in the season, statistically speaking. Even though the 49ers have the best offensive lineman in the game, and I'll go as far as say the best overall football player in the NFL, Trent Williams. Yeah, Trent Williams is probably the best lineman, offensive lineman in this game. But you look at Philly, I think they put two guys on the PFF uh, first team offensive line this year. So 
the Eagles have have an incredible offensive line. You know, Jalen Hurts in those third and one, fourth and one situations has just been unstoppable this year. Uh, that that offensive line for Philly can get a really solid push, and so I would give the the overall advantage to Philly. Yep, same here. And then defensively, have to go 49ers. Their their front seven is as good as they come in the league. Their pass rush is, is phenomenal. Their run game is the best in football. Uh, their secondary is porous, though. Uh, Eagles definitely have a, the better secondary, but Eagles front seven is nowhere near what the 49ers have. Yep, I'm with you there. Uh, Bosa, uh, oh my gosh, blanking on the first name for San Francisco. Oh, Nick. Yep, Nick Bosa. I was going to say, I know it's not Joey. <laughs> uh, yeah, Nick Bosa um, potentially, you know, put together a uh, defensive player of the year uh, kind of season. So, I mean, uh, the, that front seven, like you said, is is definitely a step above Philly, and, and I would give overall the defense. Uh, San Francisco, they've been so solid this year. They held Dallas to a limited amount of points last week, so definitely would lean San Francisco defense here. Yeah, Bosa pretty quietly had 19 and a half sacks this season. Yeah, yeah, he's, it's, he, like I said, he's he's made a very good case this year for Defensive Player of the Year. All right, let's move on to our DFS plays here. Um, I have, one of mine is a value play, and one of them is, is actually spending up. So I'll kick it off here. I'm going to go Jordan Mason for the 49ers. Uh, we talked about CMC's nagging injury, and then uh, Elijah Mitchell, who plays uh, second fiddle to to CMC, has not practiced yet this week with a groin injury. Uh, and then last week, Mitchell, and you know, with CMC in and out of the game with his injury, uh, had 19 carries. He's had 23 across the postseason. Uh, if this is a case where Mitchell can't go. And then CMC has to, you know, play every other play or it can't be the presence he is because of his injury. Someone has to get the football. And no matter who the running back is and, and when it comes to 49ers, they have value. We've seen it time and time again with this out of nowhere. They just have someone burst on the scene, you know, the Matt Breedas and the Jeff Wilson juniors, things like that. So Jordan Mason, next man up, $4,000. And if he can get himself 10 plus carries, there's a good chance he'll find the end zone of those. Yeah, that's not a bad pick there, especially with CMC and Elijah Mitchell banged up. Uh, you know, like you said, he just needs a couple carries, maybe get one at the goal line and score for you um, to be a, a really good play. Yes, sir. My 49ers player is George Kittle. So you briefly mentioned there earlier, talking about, uh, you know, Kittle versus Goddard, that with Purdy playing, Kittle has been amazing. You look at last week, five for 95 on five targets. He, George Kittle had seven touchdowns in the last four games of the regular season. He hasn't scored yet in the postseason, but he is one of the biggest parts of this offense. And Brock Purdy loves looking his way. So I think you can't go wrong going with Kittle. He's at $5,200, so he's a little bit of a discount from the top echelon of Travis Kelsey. Um, so I, I like going with Kittle here at 5,200. Yeah. He can just change the game in so many ways. And, you know, he was a big part when they had that, uh, where he had that, uh, circus catch for 30 some yards, really changed the projector projection of that game. And he just, he just does it all. And 
you know, he's going to get looks, he's going to get chances, and if they're in the red zone and if they throw the football and can't run it, it's going to go George Kittle's way. All right, my Eagles player I'm going to spend up on, as I alluded to, Devonta Smith, 6,800. Um, last week, both A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith were not much involved, but that was mainly because the running game got it done. Boston Scott had himself a, a, a game. But even though without you know being heavily involved, Devontae Smith has seen at least six targets uh, dating back to week 11 of the season. And the 49ers have allowed the fifth most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. So you're getting a little bit of a discount there from A.J. Brown. Uh, but, you know, like I said, if, if they are going to beat the 49ers, you have to do it through the air. You can't do it with the running game. So they are going to have to, you know, have big games, both of them. So I'm going to take the discount go Devonta Smith. Yeah, and my Eagles player is also Devonta Smith. So uh, so we're on the same page there at 6,800. He's cheaper than A.J. Brown. He had a better game than A.J. Brown last week. Ten of Jalen Hurts' 24 targets last week uh, went to Devonta Smith. So he definitely took the number one wide receiver role last week. And if he can roll that over into this week, I can see him having a very big game. Yeah. Like I said, we both had the same player for the same reasons and, you know, like that price. So I don't think there's a uh, much more to discuss there. So let's hop on to our, to our, to our prop bets. What do we got here? Yeah, I'll start with the Eagles here. I have Kenny Gainwell over 11 and a half rushing yards. Uh, he's coming off a game where he ran 12 times for 112 yards. Obviously, it was a blowout, so he got a couple, well, quite a few more carries than he normally would have in that game. But he's gone over 11 and a half in three of the last four games. If he takes a drive or two from Miles Sanders in this one, I mean, you know, 11 and a half yards, all you need is one or two carries if you break off a, a decent run. So uh, I'm going with Kenny Gainwell and hoping he can get, you know, maybe five, six carries through the game and hit that 11 and a half yard number. Yeah, that's kind of surprising how low that is. And like you said, that's a pretty easy thing. Like you said, you hit the hit the edge one time and, you know, you stumble forward for 12 yards, 13 yards and for a first down. And there you are, you already hit it. That's right. My, uh, my three-leg parlay isn't as crazy as the last one I talked about in this uh, podcast. I have uh, hit uh, Jalen Hurts hitting over the 247.5 yards uh, that they have projected. Like I said, if you're going to beat the 49ers, it has to be through the air. And, uh, you know, uh, just shy of 250, I think he'll have to he'll have to top that to make that happen. Uh, of course, I'm, I'm trickling in the 49ers to cover. And I have a George Kittle time touchdown for a plus 690, so... You know, ten dollar bet can win you sixty nine dollars this week. Yeah, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. You know, I obviously put Kittle in my in my lineup, so yeah, it's uh, I could see that that going well for you. Let's hope. And then my 49ers bet, I am going with Robbie Gold over one and a half field goals made. It's at minus one fifteen right now. Robbie Gold has made four field goals in each of the last two games. He's obviously a veteran kicker. He's been long, been around for a long time. He's not going to get rattled in a situation uh, a la Brett Maher <laughs> the past couple weeks. Um, but, uh, you know, he hasn't missed all playoffs long here. So put my money on the, the, the chance that the 49ers are going to get into field goal range multiple times and, and Robbie Gold is going to hit over one and a half field goals. 
Yeah, Robbie Gold, the uh, the uh, if we're gonna talk about it, I guess he'd be to me my most local, uh, you know, professional not most, uh, but my most local NFL player, um, being from the Lock Haven area. Of course, you went to college there, so uh, mm-hmm. a bit of ties for both of us there, and he plays for my 49ers, so can't go wrong with some good old Robbie Gold. So. Well, that's that for this week's podcast. You have any uh, have any plans or anything for the Super Bowl this year, Cody? Not yet. No, uh, I don't uh, don't have any plans at the moment. Uh, I'm sure we'll end up getting together with some friends and watching it somewhere. That's what we did last year. Um, so uh, so so probably something like that, but nothing in the cards yet. Yeah, we'll see. I got I got three young kids. so I don't do much of going out myself. Um, and if the photos are in it, I, it's, my wife probably just wants to keep me under wraps because it's probably going to be too embarrassing to have people around me. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Last year when the Rams were in the Super Bowl and I got invited to Super Bowl party, I was like, man, I don't know if I can do this. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to to compose myself if things don't go well. And uh, luckily, the Rams ended up pulling it out at the end, and, and I was a very happy person <laughs> um, at that party. It, it could have gone a lot worse. Yes. Let's hope uh, I get that feeling this year with the 49ers. There you go. <laughs> All right, Cody, before we sign off here, where do people find you on social media? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Master Smithers. And you can find me, Nate, uh, at WKF Nate on Twitter, and be sure to follow us. Uh, we know fantasy on all social media at we know fantasy and visit our website we know fantasy.com for more fantasy sports content until next time guys we'll see you